consider yourself a regular person as a human or bowel movements? bowel movements obviously for are you regular no 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 i could see that you're like once a week i take a power dump <laughs> once a week i blast it out <laughs> I save it up I don't like <laughs> save it you know what yeah well i'm pretty regular but i will say this i find that like in the morning i get up i have my coffee I don't have to use the restroom until it's like you have a conference call. And then it's always like bottoming out like a minute before. I'm like, I just need a moment. Anytime someone's two minutes late to a call, it's because they were taking a dump. But you you accuse people always of being taking dumps on uh, on every phone call and video call. Yeah. People are taking dumps and acting like no one's doing it. <laughs> I'm glad you're shedding light on this. Power diarrhea. I think it's funny. I'm just trying to make. Why do you think laugh. everybody has diarrhea? Maybe some of them are taking nice normal. Yeah, but sometimes you're gonna get diarrhea. Do you remember that chart about like, isn't it Oprah that says it should look like a banana? Ooh, Emily, <laughs> Tianfu, we accidentally gave her some miso paste once. She had diarrhea. Now we remember that she gets no more miso. More diarrhea. All right. Okay. Some of you are eating. Some of you are on your way to work. Some of you are just listening. We get a lot of feedback about when people listen to the pod during lovemaking. A lot of people listen on the way to work or they hate their job and this is the thing powering your day. So I hope that little uh, ode to diarrhea made you laugh. Whatever. We Whatever. don't even play with a knife while we record. It's not a knife and it's, it's an exacto knife that you just pulled out. Why are you so weird about the fact that I have an exacto knife? Because when did you get that? It's none of your fucking business. I've had it. I've been having it. I've had it forever. I probably took up some craft at some point in my 20s and I bought it and then like never did the craft and now I have this exacto knife. For a while, yeah, there was like you had a lot of construction paper. Hmm. Why do I have that? It was like in that basement closet when my office was in the basement. I'm looking at it right now. I have Is it right it there. Is still in there? Yeah, oh, you yeah. keep it. It never goes out of fashion. No, but I just don't know what what prompted you to get it in the first place. I don't know. Construction paper was everything when you were a kid. Like everything Different was colors. on mm-hmm. You get to pick. I built a little fort out of construction paper. I just taped like 18 <laughs> feet of it together and I made like a loopy box in the corner. You so like when a you're, cat. Yeah, when you're a kid, you so want your own space. Like we would sit in the hamper. <laughs> With the blankets or I'd like sit in my closet. Like you have this dire need to have like your own little hobbit hole. Yeah. And now I have a whole house and I'm like, I'm so bored. You could go in the closet. Maybe yeah. not this one. I do like making like a little nest for myself. That's what this desk is. My rat nest. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> I see your desk. It's looking pretty good right now. No. That's Compared sad. to yours? Um, That's fair. <laughs> well, I wish we had updates. Do we have updates this week? Uh, we'll get to them when we come to them. People just love us and leave us and they give us these questions and I never get 
I rarely get validation and I never get updates. Or we get, it's like we get so many messages. I got to move on. I got, we got to get to other people. We can't just always be going back to the same three people. That's true. The way that you know people care is if they write in saying like, hey, whatever happened with that dude? Yeah. I'm like they either dump the guy, dump the friend, or the dad was racist. And we're moving on. And we're doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, our podcast company said that we should do other segments on the show. A big part of the reason we structure the show this way is because it's really hard to book guests. And I didn't want to have a show where I'm just like, it's just hand jobs to other comics. Like you're just interviewing people for the sake of it. Mm-hmm. So we do it this way because it's self-sustaining. But if you have a segment idea that you'd like, feel free to let us know. Don't say like cooking tips, but you know, if there's a thought that you have, if there's something you're, you want more of on the show. Yeah. Don't say top of the cob. It requires too much work. You can DM at Ask Eliza. Yeah, there you go. There's so many DMs. Uh, guys, I'm working through them. We should, do, we ha- do I have to hire, do I have to replace you with a robot? <laughs> to read the DMs. Mm-hmm. Just have like a Siri response to everything. It's just like break up OMG. with him. Is this, by the way, how antisocial we become that people can't even do the voiceovers for their own TikToks? I don't understand that. I don't, I it's guess People don't want to interact. I guess it does it do it automatically. Like, is there a way to do that so you don't even have to do it? You just literally type and lay there. I think people are weird about being social and they don't want to use their voice. Like, look what I found at this market. Cute, cute, cute. It's Vanilla. so weird. Um, we should also share with people the red pill thing that you found out about. Oh, um, well, so red pill is the bad one. <laughs> but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, but there's like a an equivalent that I'm still investigating to make sure it's not something bad. <laughs> it seemed good. It seemed good. Called female dating strategy on Reddit. And it's interesting because it's a lot of people talking about like the kind of guy that Dennis is. Like talking about these From my movie, manipulations. Good on yeah. yeah. And so it's just kind of like mm-hmm. a support group. And it was interesting because they watched your movie not as like your fan but as like interested in the subject matter and talked about all the ways that Dennis represents this man that's that's kind of the like what you absolutely don't want I just like being on reddit in a non-objectified way feels really good feels really good to be the subject of underbelly gossip yeah Uh, yeah I was trying to figure out all the different terms I still don't know what NVM is I Googled it. I was on a thread. I read another thing. It's such a subculture that there's no urban dictionary for it. No, and even their like little wiki that I linked, that I clicked on didn't have it. And then I needed to get back to my job. Wiki, wiki, wiki. Well, speaking about getting back to your job, <laughs> read them off, sister. <laughs> sister, kick that didn't it. Feel right. <laughs> Anonymous, Eliza and Emily, I need your advice on how to deal with the most irritating coworker. Eye roll emoji. I'm the manager of my rehab department at a nursing facility, but the facility is super small. It's pretty much just me and one other woman that work full-time in our department. This woman drives me insane. I'm 26 and she's 40. I have a lot more responsibilities than she does and I'm always busy. She constantly talks about her personal life and this may sound harsh, but I don't really care about most of the stuff she tells me about. She'll go on and on about her family drama, kids, marital issues, etc. while I'm trying to get important stuff done. I mostly just don't respond and give a uh-huh response every once in a while hoping she gets a hint, but she doesn't. And then it's that emoji where it's like... All right, people can really... <laughs> See that on the podcast. <laughs> it's the emoji that says the eyes slanted and the mouth down. Wait, can I just say, it's like a sad face. Can I just say that when she was like, it's a small department. And I was like, yeah, how many like recovering heroin addicts are 80? 
And then I realized you meant rehab like your body. <laughs> yes. It's at the point where I'm just constantly annoyed in a bad mood at work, sometimes even bringing that home. She will text me and call me during off hours about things that are not important, which also drives me crazy. I also feel like she's trying to be me. You know, like those crazy Lifetime movies? I went on a vacation and then like a month later, she went on the same vacation. I had flowers sent to me to work for my birthday by my boyfriend. The next week, her husband, who supposedly was leaving her, sent her flowers to work. It's like if I do anything or buy anything, next thing I know, she's doing her buying the same thing. Am I just acting crazy or does it make sense for me to be irritated? This woman is dragging me down. It's affecting my home and work life. How should I handle this? Thanks, ladies. Y'all are so awesome. What if she really was trying to like replace you? Like single, is it single white female? Single white female. Mm -hmm. Um, First of all, part of you is right. Part of you is wrong. Mm. First of all, you probably said your vacation sounded great and you're young and you're cool. And she was like, that sounds cool. So she went, okay. It's not like you went to Mars. You probably went somewhere that made sense. And she was like, that sounds like so much fun. Flowers, people get flowers. And she could have gone home and been like, oh, you know, this girl in my office, she got flowers. And the husband was like, I'll do that. You don't own those things. That being said, this is not the first time we've gotten this question about got a coworker, they're not getting the hint. Just the less oxygen, the less you can be around her. Because there is that thing too, where when people are younger, it's like, oh, this person, you're... You don't have to have sympathy or empathy for her. And this is a professional environment. So, you know, it could be anytime she gets going, you can be like, I'm sorry, I'm just in the middle of something. I'm sorry, I'm just, you know, so, don't even say sorry. Just be like, I'm in the middle of something. I'll get back. You know, just keep cutting her off with I'm busy. I'm, you know, just be busy. And eventually she'll, through Pavlovian responses, realize like, oh, I'm not getting stimulation from talking to her. Yeah. But she's definitely not trying to be you. And What? I mean, what? she could be, but not in like a way where she's going to murder you and wear her skin, but just like, not oh, like that an, person seems cool. Yeah. Like, is that what the kids are doing? But I would be annoyed by that. But I think that's because I'm a I twin guess. and I want my own things I to love be it mine. when people do things that I think are cool. I love when people take my suggestions. But it not, what if they didn't take your suggestions and they just were doing the same thing? Here's as what you. it is. You're in two different life spaces. It'd be one thing if she was also like dating and had a boyfriend and was doing similar things so you could compare notes, but like you don't have kids, you don't have a family, you don't have marital problems. So the headspace she's in, you're just like, I hate to say this, but like, this is like older person stuff. Just like, I'm not going to want to like really hear about like someone having to deal with like their kid in college and Medicare, just like there's different life steps. And it's totally okay that you don't, you also don't relate to her mm -hmm. because those problems are not your problems and that's okay. So giving it the least oxygen possible, but also try to create a little bit of space in your heart for someone who's like, that's got to suck to have. Are you her boss? No, a coworker, but the the question asker has more responsibilities. So I think she's just busier. And mm -hmm. the other one is just like, woo. Like, I don't know. I also have a hard time. Like if I'm in the middle of something, I have a hard time politely. I get kind of overwhelmed if I'm then asked to do something else. Like I have a hard time being like, no, hold on. Like, I don't know. Weird when people can't. Get the hint. It's, like, I pick up immediately if someone is rude. I'm just like, oh, okay, you know, I'll go away. Yeah, like I wouldn't want to keep putting myself through that, trying to have this conversation this other person isn't interested in. I mean, it sounds like it's just more sad than anything else. Like she's kind of sad. Yeah. Like the fact that she's like, me and my husband are separated. We don't love each other. But then this girl got flowers and she probably sent flowers to herself. I don't think so. You think her husband... 
that she's just, separating from sent flowers the very next week. I think it's a lot less malicious than than you think it is. And I would just try to create a little space in your heart, but also you're there to do work. You've already framed her as annoying, so you're going to be double irritated by everything. Mm-hmm. So just, I'm working. I'm just in the middle of something. I'm doing something. Mm-hmm. I don't have time. I'm sorry. I don't have time for this right now. You and know? don't answer her calls and texts outside of work hours. Never answer. You teach people how to treat you. You really do. And she'll start to realize like, oh, she doesn't answer. And you can just be like, that's my free time. I don't really look at my phone. Yeah. Which is a lie. We all look at our phone. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, this is something we could be doing as a regular segment. People who have had their lives impacted by Kashi Golene Crunch. <laughs> With that, you were going to say COVID and I was like, okay. Uh, we haven't talked about impacted, this in a while. Like your turds are <laughs> impacted. Someone DM'd us because they were part of a a Facebook group. And in the Facebook group, someone, it's clearly something for like uh, dieting or weight loss or some sort of like support group. And so someone commented, someone posted like all of everything that they're eating. And they said, could anyone think of any reason why three days into a cut, I'm getting a lot of bloating and cramps, keeping, keeping my diet simple. I couldn't even drink my protein shake this morning. I was in so much discomfort. Thanks in advance and a sad face. And so our question asker replied and was like, I think it's the Kashi Golene Crunch. You know it's the Kashi Golene Crunch. <laughs> I think it's so funny. I just can't believe this isn't public knowledge. Like everyone knows, I don't know that if you eat a hot pepper, it's going to be hot. Like why isn't it public baseline knowledge like Kashi Golene Crunch is going to blow it out? What's... What's so they wrote back? What's the no? So that's so that this is just yes. one of our listeners saw in some Facebook group someone being like, Why is this happening to me? And they knew to say, it's Can you send them the episode? Can you send them our Kashi Golden Crunch episode? Do you remember what it was called? I'm sure it said Butthole Blowout or something. something. <laughs> it could be any episode, honestly. I know, honestly. I think it's like. I don't know. Send them the Kashi Gold. It's probably one of our higher rated episodes. You guys say you don't like diarrhea jokes, but I really think you do. Um, yeah, send them that episode and just leave that daintily on their page and think of it as your Good Samaritan Public Service Act. That's it called. It's Kashi Corner. Have you been directly impacted by the consumption of Kashi Golden Crunch? Well, then you may be entitled to a butthole settlement. (laughs) (laughs) Butthole settlement. My God. We'll get you a new butthole made of titanium, get you on your way. Steel butthole. The I just think this the fact that this person is like posting like here's everything I'm eating. I don't know why I feel That's like this. So it's so sad and scary. You're like cutting weight and you're eating this like and you're just oh, you're feeling awful. That is scary because you're gonna think you have like Crohn's disease or something. <laughs> just gosh. <laughs> I think they still make it. I mean, again, isn't it Noah who said like some people are like, this shouldn't be affecting you like this. But, but it does. But it is does. It the puffed wheat, like, why don't cows, aren't it's cows fiber. It's well, the hot, the high, like, because isn't that, Noah's like whole thing is that people don't get enough fiber like that. It's not the protein that's an issue in our diet. It's the fiber. Right. And this is just such a concentrated amount. Right. And so. Well, then some would argue if you eat enough of it, it'll make you, it'll just be normal. Right, so maybe you can train your body, but th- when you just start first eating it, and you're just bloated and you're just f- full of farts. Oh my god! I mean, it sounds like a jackass episode. Like, but it's like the lowest. If they made eat Steve three bowls. Eat, and then they just watched him. Just like sewed up his butthole. <laughs> all right, all right, Put it's enough in there. It's enough. Kick it. Talk about a wedding or something. 
I'm a single mom working as a high school teacher assistant. My boyfriend of over a year now is a comedian, mostly around Cape Cod and Boston. We're getting a lot of comedian girlfriends right now lately. Going on? We met before the pandemic on Bumble and hit it off and have spent almost every day together. He has since moved in and treats my daughter like she was his. Now that things are hopefully starting to open up again, he's been getting more gigs and I really want to support him. We communicate really well and are honest with each other. I get that he wants to focus on work and take time to be out with his comedian friends, but it seems like when I ask to go with him, he gets weird and says no. Nicely, but still no. And even when he says yes, I get the feeling he doesn't want me there. He says that it's work for him, understandable, that if I'm there, it's a distraction because he wants to make sure I'm having a good time. I don't like when he tells me he'd rather I not go, but I do my best to not get mad about it. It's just frustrating when I have to be around kids all week at work and home. Uh And when I don't have my daughter, she goes to her dad's every other weekend. I like to go be with other adults. Mm -hmm. I don't have a lot of friends that live on the Cape and the ones that do have kids. I also really like comedy and love to go out and see shows. I've even told him we can go in separate cars. I've stopped asking at this point because I'm anticipating the answer will probably be no. I know we've spent a lot of time together. We even quarantined together. Am I being too clingy? Should I just let it go? Go find something to do on my own? Did you ever tell Noah not to go to one of your shows? And if so, what was your reasoning? Thank you for everything you do, Jay. Well, your boy messed up and here's where he messed up. Every comedy girlfriend wants to come at first. And then after like half a year of shows, you're like, I'm good. I've seen your jokes about lobsters. I'm good. You would have on your own decided that you didn't want to go anymore. But because he's making it this like secret, like boys thing. Now you're like, I really want to go. He's being selfish as male comics want to do um, because he's not thinking about the fact that like you might want to just see other comedy and have a drink and be out and you can take care of yourself. He thinks like Hollywood lives and dies by like how single you look and how much you can joke around. So you don't need to be babysat. Um, I, I think it's a little weird. You know, because it isn't like they're in green rooms smoking and no chicks allowed. It's not a spousal-friendly, girlfriend-friendly, boyfriend-friendly environment. But that's all about the thing that you project. You know, plenty of comics bring their girlfriends. Noah came with me for a very long time. He he was a big fan of comedy. He really enjoyed it. But, of course, he enjoyed watching me. But he enjoyed, like, chatting with the other comics, mostly male comics that, you know, he was fans of in the hall and getting drinks at the comedy store and the hang of it. And he stopped really coming because that was the special part. And like, you know, you don't want to go sit in a parking lot and watch. That being said, he came with me last night. I've never said you can't come because I've never needed to project that I was single. And I do think that's part of it. Mm. It's usually more for women, this thing where you're like, I want to show that I'm single and I'm fun and I'm down. But he's kind of not taking your feelings into consideration. And I would insist on going one time. This idea is like, I want to make sure you're having fun. Kind of puts it on you like you need to be babysat. And you're like, I maybe bring a friend. Mm. You're like, I'd like to bring a friend and we'll just have drinks and we'll just kind of be in the corner. A lot of times when someone brings their significant other, that person has a friend or they're just in the corner. They're never in the way. In my career, I've never been like, ugh, this guy's girlfriend won't stop talking. Oh, her husband won't go away. And if he let you come, eventually you'd see that it's not that fun. Um, so something's weird or I hate to say this. I hate to put this in your head. Like there's cute girls there and he wants to look like the guy that just crushed on stage. And now he can like flirt with them. Comedy is a breeding ground for that. I see it all the time. These guys, you know, they have a wife at home. You've never met the wife and they're like extra huggy with the girl, extra flirty. So I wouldn't completely rule that out. 
And I don't see why you couldn't bring a friend and be like, we just want to get some drinks in the back and watch your show. I wonder if he's new enough that it's just like he's nervous and embarrassed. And if she's there, he's really is just going to be thinking about her and like it's going to throw him off because maybe he has kind of a different persona on stage no. and he just. No. Really? That's not what it is. No. It is oh, it always is. so weird when suddenly like a male comedian I follow will post a girlfriend and I'm like, where did that person did that- come from? Yep. <laughs> or like, I'm engaged and you're like, what? Remember, comedy is anti-relationship. Everything's about, all the jokes are about, I can't date. I'm an asshole. My wife's a bitch. Take my wife, please. You know, look at the Honeymooners, like one of the first sitcoms and it was just about Husband and wife that didn't get along and the guy was an idiot and the girl was a dingbat, you know? Mm-hmm. My watching stand-up when I was like coming up, mm-hmm. there's always these male comics who just like talked about their wives and you never saw them and they always looked miserable. They always sounded like, yeah, we got married. I didn't really want to and this is awful. Yeah. So I, I think if he really loves you, I think it's weird that he wouldn't want your support at all. Yeah. It's weird. Something's off and it may not be about cheating as much as just like he doesn't really understand his place in this. And the truth is you can bring your significant other and they can just sit in the back. That's where Noah sits, like off to the side. I get him a drink and he's off to the side. And sometimes I just walk around, I talk to people. The person doesn't have to be by your side. So mm-hmm. offer to bring a friend. I think you're being a little too accommodating. So I get that you're a single mom and and you love him and he lives with you, but- it's weird that like on a Friday or a Saturday night, like that's like you can't go make that part of your date. But you also are saying that this is, you don't really have friends. You don't have anyone else to hang out with that are adults. You also do need to find some friends that aren't mm-hmm. your boyfriend. And then maybe go to a show or something. But for sure, you definitely need to find friends that aren't your boyfriend. But like, I can think of plenty of comics where like I've met their significant other and I'm always like excited when I see them or you say hi and it becomes a community. It's never like, ugh, get your girlfriend out of here. Those comics suck. So something's up. Hi, Eliza, Emily, Hut, Scotty, and Tiny Protector Chanfu. So I recently had a friend breakup and the guilt is real. I am part of a friend group in my city where most of us met in college. I live alone with my dog and the first part of the quarantine was rough. When things started to open more, my friends and I started a small quarantine group so we could have some human contact while being safe. During this, me and another girl, let's call her Kathy, started hanging out a lot. Let's call her Kathy. I knew her before, but we were never close. Now we're hanging out all the time. We live a few blocks from each other, which helped. Eventually, we we plus another girl, call her Lisa, became somewhat of a trio, hanging out at least three times a week, if not more, and Kathy and I would do solo things often as well. Problems popped up when Lisa and I started to learn more about some habits Kathy had. Uh Uh-oh. Kathy is very open about how she sleeps with many people. That was a known thing in the group, and that's fine. Her life right, whatever makes you happy. No one cared about that. The issue became when we found out that she has on multiple occasions slept with and pursued people's significant others. It all came to a head when she called me to say she slept with yet again someone super inappropriate and treated it like a joke. Wasn't until it called out that it wasn't good that she broke down how she's just a terrible person. At this point, I'm feeling very off about the friendship. Can I trust her around my boyfriend? But more so, I don't like that this keeps happening. Do I want to associate with this type of behavior? How about can you trust your boyfriend? I mean, yes. Okay, but- Ew. Didn't help she started being real bitchy towards me after I called her on it. Cut to Lisa and I tried to put some distance, but Kathy caught us not including her and we had to have a convo, which led to a friend breakup. We said we didn't like certain behaviors and needed space. She took a bad and completely cut us off, which is fair, but now the group is weird. Group addings are split and while Lisa and I are doing fine, I feel bad that Kathy feels like she can't go anywhere we're at. Should I reach out and see if we can't come to some understanding or leave it alone? I feel bad she's hurt, but I don't think I was wrong to set boundaries either. 
Sorry, it's long. Okay, love you. Bye. I have a question. If you didn't have a boyfriend, would you have felt this way? It seems like this person is put off by the fact that she constantly sleeps with these people that have significant others and like is like, oh, how crazy. I slept with a... It's like, well, that's gross. It's a character flaw because it's indicative of a moral issue. You know, it's not dissimilar to if your friend like always shoplifted or always broke the law or anything else where it shows like a lack of judgment. So it is what she's doing, but it's more about the fact that what she's, she's okay with what she's doing. Now it does take two to tango and the person in the relationship is the one that should be blamed. Because by the way, like, is she deliberately like, this guy's got a girlfriend, I'm going to try to fuck him. Or is it like, they never tell me they have girlfriends. Like, I don't know. I don't know. But if it is a pattern and it is a thing she likes to do, and she does seem like a broken person, you know, you don't want to be her therapist, but there's a version where you just say to her, like, I like you as a friend. I like all these things, but a friend should be allowed to say something meaningful. And I say it because I'm concerned about you. Like, I want you to be happy and healthy. And the fact that you got so angry about it makes it really difficult to communicate with you because what if we have something else to talk about? And it's friendship's not just a one-way street. It's also not my job to just be okay with everything that you do. Friends can call stuff, put people out on that. She may not be at a place where she wants to hear that. It takes a big person to like reflect and self-analyze. Um, and can I trust her around my boyfriend? You know, I would hope that if they did hang out and she did sleep with him, you're not the kind of girl that would stay with your boyfriend anyway. That tells you more about the boyfriend, really. But something happened to her. She's broken. She's very hurt. So you can just let her know, like, I'd love to be there for you as a, like, you got to break through a little bit because she took offense to it because she's scared. That's why people get angry because they're scared. So it just depends on how much work you want to do and if this person feels redeemable. Sometimes people are just too much and you're just like, I don't fucking care. So, you know, when she broke down and said that she's a bad person, did she mean it like, I guess I'm a bad person or was she confessing that she's a terrible person? And maybe that was her being vulnerable and maybe you mishandled it. Maybe you're like, yeah, you are. Don't touch Scott. Hi, Scott, by the way. <laughs> so there's a lot to unpack there. But... You should make if you should want to make amends with her, not because it's awkward, but because you actually want to be friends with her. Yeah, there's no need to reach out if you don't want to be yes. friends. By the way, she may just be made of poor moral fabric and you don't want to be friends with that person. Yeah. That's a huge turnoff, by the way. I had a friend that would constantly sleep with married comedians and she'd tell me about it. And I'd be like, that's not a cool brag. It's very disgusting. It's gross too, because that means other areas of your life are going to be this shitty. And like, that's not how I am. Like, Also, it's not someone you want in your quarantine group. They're bringing yeah. home all kinds of things. So you were friends with her too, out of necessity. She lived nearby. It's kind of like you're friends with someone in high school and then you get on the real world. You're like, I don't want to do this anymore. Mm -hmm. The circumstances dictated that friendship. And now you may not need it anymore. Mm -hmm. And it may be too much for you to turn, uh, to overlook. So decide if you really want to earn your life. And if so, it's worth saying, hey, this is what friends do. If not, yeah. you move on. But yeah. She sounds like she'll self-destruct. Yeah. One day she's going to sleep with the wrong guy's girlfriend. Mm -hmm. One wrong girl's guy, wrong girl's boyfriend, and someone's going to hit her in the mouth. Hello, love the pod. My wife, yes, I am a male, has a dilemma. Her sister went through a rough breakup with a guy almost a year ago. He ended up being an abusive, physically and verbally person to my sister-in-law. This time we felt it was over because she packed up everything, moved out, bought a condo, etc. 
Today, we found out she's been seeing him behind our backs for two months, at least. This has really hurt me, my wife, and the rest of the family. My question is, how can my wife still have a healthy relationship with her sister after all she has done to her with also telling her she cannot go through this anymore or ever again? This is not the first time this has happened. It seems to be very repetitive in her relationship. It's not dissimilar to the last question. You no, know, she doesn't want to lose her sister as she is her best friend, but at the same time, she can't be around this toxic back and forth relationship her sister keeps having. Any yeah. advice is helpful. Hope to catch you in Denver for the first time. You, I mean, I've had it not where someone was physically abusive to a friend, but it was just a really abusive relationship. And that wasn't my sister. So that's, it's hard for me to even give advice on that. You have to draw a line because this idea that it's like, this isn't your parent. Like this idea that it's like, I should just be there for you forever and watch this happen. It does take a toll on you and it is exhausting. You do want the best for her. So I say you sit her down. This is your intervention. And you're like, this is unhealthy for you. It makes me lose respect for you. You were doing so well. This man will do this again. And we don't want to be a part of him repeating this and having to be there and, and feel these stories and tears and all of this again, when you're the definition of insanity is repeating the same action, hoping to get a different outcome. And I know that that's trite. So say that, and you have to be willing to draw a line. She has to be willing to like give some tough love and be like, I cannot have you in my life during this. Like if you, something happens, you need something great, but like, mm-hmm. I can't. Yeah. It's too, I've got too much going on. Yeah. She has to do the boundary for her own mental health. I, I don't, this is such a, this is a thing with women. Like they just go back to these guys because she has no self-worth. And I think that's the root of it. Yeah. She thinks she doesn't deserve to be said, like treated well and had nice, have nice things said to her. You know, I could understand if someone's just like verbally abusive and you're like, well, that's the way he is, but he hit you and it's only going to get worse. Mm -hmm. So maybe you can get her some pamphlets on statistics or something, but you got to draw that line for your sake, which will hopefully pull her out of it. You are turning people in your life off with this choice. Mm -hmm. We are here for you. If you want to help fix it, you want us to call a locksmith, whatever. That's it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And say it in front of the guy. Fuck him with your husband there. Who doesn't go ape shit? Hi, Eliza. Beautiful baby arm and itty bitty teeny weeny snow peach. She's so small. My question involves my neighbor. I live in a rural area in a townhome community. All the houses look the same. My neighbor is a single woman in her 60s who is not only a raging alcoholic, but who also has been diagnosed with dementia. She has tried to break into my house twice, thinking it was hers, both times in the morning, reeking of alcohol. She'll randomly fall outside and scream for help. I've left work meetings to go help her. She also has a poor dog who is scared of everything and runs away from home all the time. She'll be out there late at night yelling bad dog over and over, trying to get him to come home. I've called for wellness checks and have tried to help where I can, but she's becoming difficult to deal with. My question— would I be out of line to try and speak with her son when he comes definitely to Definitely not. You're definitely not at all. I don't want to intrude, but I don't think she should be living on her own anymore. Do I intervene for her safety and my sanity? Can you take the dog? Number one. <laughs> my first thought is, can you take the dog? And if you took the dog, would she know it was missing? You definitely, because this is, like you just said, does have to do with your safety and your comfort as a homeowner. Um, dementia is such a cruel thing, and to have it that young is so scary but you've also tried to be a good neighbor. Now, there's a version where you say this to the son. He's like, yeah, I don't know. I don't care. He also may not realize how bad it is. Part of me, yeah, he may not realize how bad it is. 
So you in from the highest light in the kindest place be like, I've called you know this a couple times. I've tried this. I've left work. Hopefully he'll see that you're doing the job of of him of his wow that you're doing his job. But I think it's definitely worth saying. Yeah. And maybe you should have someone there with you when you say it, just as like a witness. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully he's on your side and he's and he'll say, oh, I had no idea. You know, I'm sure the inside of her house doesn't look great if she's an alcoholic with dementia, you know? You don't want to get to a place where like she leaves the stove on or something, but get that dog out of there, number one. Uh, definitely say something. 100% not crossing. What, what do you have to lose? What's she going to like keep being demented and an alcoholic? Gonna happen regardless. You have nothing to lose. And it's definitely have other homeowners notice this, you know? They have you can be like the neighborhood's concerned. You know, make it like this is like a public health and safety issue. And even just make it like I'm concerned. Like she's a nice woman. I'm worried for her yeah. that this is what she's going through. But I can't keep taking off work. Like make it yeah. clear that like you've tried. You're definitely within your rights. Yeah. Don't even think about it. Like, I'm a girl. I hope it's okay. Like you walk up to him with confidence. And you explain the situation. Be like, is there a way we can solve this? And if he's a turd and he's just someone who doesn't care, whatever, there are always there are county specific resources uh, for their like gerontology. But that's what my mom does for a job. So there's like information referral specialists. Well, for she's only in a certain county in Georgia, but there is gerontological expert. (laughs) Yeah, information referral specialist. So there is there are city resources where you can call uh, probably whoever you call for the wellness check, and Mm -hmm. they can they can take it more seriously. And I think there's like a punch card if you have more than five wellness checks, you get a free frozen yogurt, but then you have to leave. Okay. Hi, Liz, Emily, and Hot Scotty. Killer name, bro. <laughs> anyway, I'm 27, straight, and male. Fuck yeah, and by welcome. The way, this man's name is not Scott. Like, you, usually you say, like, killer name because it's also your name. This anonymous man, his name isn't Scott. Oh, now you've <laughs> narrowed it down, Emily. <laughs> I've listened to almost all of your podcasts, yes. and I've gathered that you like the specifics. I'm <laughs> writing because I just recently listened to the podcast labeled Arm of the Baby that you guys posted last year, and I went through a similar situation, the Miller situation. So for- I don't like, remember. You know, like, it's like Star oh. Trek conventions. Uh, like, William Shatner, people be like, oh, you said this. And William Shatner's like, I, it was 30 years ago. I don't remember what I said. I didn't just watch it yesterday. Right. But I'm saying, like, so we don't remember, but for anyone that remembers. I remember why it was called Arm of the Baby. It was Draw Drops Italian Grandma yes. would translate Arm of the Baby for, into Italian. Yes. Right. But I don't know. I don't know what the situation is, but okay. this person's going to give us details. I'm ready for my own details. A girl I was dating. No, this is about their situation. Oh, man. Their similar situation. Oh, a girl I was dating had me believing for a few months that she was a nurse. Oh. Of course I believed her because why would you lie about your occupation? I was 22, so not terribly long ago, but I was less experienced in life. Well, during that time, she told me she was pregnant and I let her move in with me because if she was going to be the mother of my child, then I wanted to try my best to keep us all together. I won't get into all the details, but after a few months go by, I'm falling in love with this, quote, baby, talking to her stomach at night, and she's just letting me do this. After two months, she tells me she lost the baby and I was absolutely devastated. Did you ever see a pregnancy test? Three weeks go by and one of my coworkers tells me that she does this same exact story to multiple guys, including his brother. He also told me that she wasn't a nurse, which I then confirmed by checking out the state registry list. Oh my God. I have no idea who this woman was, but I think she's left an everlasting negative effect on me when it comes to relationships. I never even think about her anymore, but I've been single since her. Do you think therapy might be a viable option? I know I can't judge every other woman based off the actions of one, but damn. Oh, and my name is 
Ryan. Sorry for forgetting to introduce my name. Okay, well, it's Ryan. Ryan, like Ryan Hansen, who played Dennis Kelly in my movie Good on Paper, which is about this exact subject. For more specific context, I have most certainly been active in the past few years, but the part of my heart yearning for love died out and I want that back. Oh. That's why I'm wondering what steps you guys might think would be viable options to consider. Um, first of all, let me just say this because this happened to me and I so rarely have something that like specifically happened to me versus like a friend that I made up who's like really my relative. Um, especially in your 20s and girls do this too. It's like my heart got broken once. I guess love just isn't for me. I'm wounded forever. Don't think of it that way, but you should taking, you're 27 now. This is five years ago. This is, yeah. Think of it this way. You have given enough of your life over to this person. You've given them power for long enough. This person is deeply flawed, very broken, and it wasn't personal. She's done this to everyone. So this had less to do with you and more like this is just the way she operates, probably needed a house, okay? But you've taken it very personally and you're done. You cannot apply this to everyone because even though this happens to a lot of people, myself included, it is a freak thing and it will never happen again. And lesson learned, there is nothing wrong with checking. And you were young, you were young and you're allowing, I always say this, you're allowing the thought process of a 22-year-old boy to dictate the way a 27-year-old man is living, okay? So in the future, someone says what they do, you don't have to tell them like, oh, I was wounded, you can save that. But you know, you check their Instagram. You just verify things. There's ways to tell, you know, and if there's more than two red flags, you're done. And I hate to say this, and I actually hate that this is a thing that comes up when someone's like, she said she was pregnant. You see a pregnancy test in the future. A girl that's pregnant is gonna show you that. Like, isn't this exciting? Um, it's not something that doesn't happen. Like girls do that as a way to like stay. Like, oh, I'm, I guess what? I'm pregnant now. Oh, I lost it. You know, like uh, having a miscarriage very early on is not, like a, losing a full baby. Sometimes it just comes out in the toilet. It's just like a little, you know, sometimes it's painful, sometimes it's not, but it's definitely not something that's like, oh, by the way, I lost it. Uh-huh. It's, you know, you're, you're sad about it. Um, so you, in the future, you just kind of, you don't have to be guard or protect yourself, but now you know. And, and that's all you have to take from it. And this person didn't love you and you didn't really love them because you don't know who they were. I'd be very surprised if there weren't other red flags. Like, I'm sure there were weird things about this woman that you ignored. Look back and be like, hey, is there anything else? You know, there's probably a lot of stuff that now you might be more in tune to, but just make a decision. And yes, therapy is always a great idea. Just make the decision that you've given her enough of your time and energy because I promise you she moved on very quickly. And it's not fair that you be this wounded and this broken from the actions of a crazy person. Mm-hmm. So you're done and you're ready for love. I always say that to Tianfu. She says, I'm ready for love. Yeah. But yeah, see a therapist because just, yeah. just so they can validate everything I just said to you. <laughs> and watch my movie. I work at a 911 center hey. where we kick it. I work in a 911 center where we answer 911 calls, non-emergency calls, and also dispatch police, fire, and EMS in the county. I love my job, and I could 100% see myself working here for the rest of my life if it weren't for my coworkers. This job tends to attract a lot of type A, very strong-headed women, including myself. However, a lot of us buttheads and our work environment is increasingly negative. Much of our staff is overworked and burned out, 
Frankly, the way some of these people talk to members of the public makes me hope none of my loved ones have to call 911 into this center. There is zero compassion for much of the staff that has been here 20 plus years. Furthermore, the constant- From or for? For, like the, 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 the people that are taking the calls don't have compassion for the people that are Calling in the emergencies. Yeah. The constant negative- Negativity and complaining has been weighing on me. It's bad enough that our administration has brought us each individually to talk about it and talk about their plan to make the work environment better, but it has honestly made things worse. Their plan was to ask people to not complain on the floor and only complain to supervisors, but now every mistake someone makes, certain people are taking the opportunity to go back to the supervisors over minor mistakes that everyone makes every day, i.e. having a call for service sit and pending for more than 30 seconds before dispatching. It's hard to tell if there's an end in sight, and now a job opportunity came up that pays a few dollars less an hour, but is a regular Monday through Friday job. Trying to decide if I should take it or see if after some of the cranky people retire in the next year or two, the problem solves itself. I love this job, but dang, my coworkers suck. Note, this seems to be a relatively common issue in 911 centers based on what I've seen posted in dispatcher pages on Facebook. It's It's a brutal job. So going to a different center is not worth my time. That's a brutal job. Look, I don't know. I don't know what it's like. I mean, my job is not like that. And if I don't like coworkers, I just don't have to see them or talk to them. I also kind of create my own thing. So um, never wait on happiness or put a price on it. I, I think your mental health is worth it. You know, if you're really this miserable at this job and you can take a normal job elsewhere, just do that because nobody there thinks that they are the problem. And there's the version where you bring in a cake and you're all like, let's sit down and just like hash it out. It's a corporate environment. There's going to be reports. It seems like everything is so tightly regulated and this is exhausting and you're sitting there and it's a high pressure situation and whatever you do is probably not enough and they're probably dealing with irate people all the time. I would just, I would leave. These people may not retire either and they definitely don't think they're part of the problem and it's not your job to change them. So just skip it. Here's my thinking. This job is so high pressure. I'm guessing there's turnover as long as you leave in an appropriate turnover. way, I don't see why you wouldn't be able to come back to this job down the line. It seems like a job that needs employees. It's something that will always be, it's not like you, you're you going to give up like your job decorating cupcakes. Like people need you to perform this service. So if you take this other job um, and see what that's like and see if that lifestyle suits you better, I feel like there's always, the door is always open for you to go back to being a 911 dispatcher. Yeah. So that's it. This is not your passion in life. There's no reason to be this miserable. These people are always going to be the same. Slash, even if it is your passion in life, way out if you just want. It's worth it. Yeah. You can't change them. You can only change yourself. Get it. Hey, guys. Somehow I just discovered this podcast. I've been listening nonstop from the beginning. It's so good. So you went back and you listened. I've used so much of your advice in my life and relationship. My boyfriend and I are in our early 30s and have been dating for over 10 years. He comes from a comfortable family financially and was lucky enough to have his college paid for as well as his two siblings. After college, his parents helped us and bought our first home. After he worked at their business long enough to qualify for a mortgage, he bought it back. Same thing with our current home as the housing market at the time of purchase was crazy and it was a now or never situation. We didn't end up selling the first house, so he rents it out and we have long-term tenants. These are the only two times he has asked for money, and each time he paid them back within a year. Due to a lot of crazy- Wait, this is the only time times he asked his parents for money? Yes. Okay. So both times- You mean the rest of his life doesn't count? Well, I mean, probably as an adult. Okay, so he paid them back. Yeah, so both times the parent bought the house, and then they paid them back over time. Okay. So they own both of these houses now. The parents have received their money. Money. 
Due to a lot of crazy life choices, his brother is serving time and his sister is living in the parents' basement with her longtime boyfriend. You might think ending up in prison or not using a 60K degree would get you on their shit list, but the both of them seem to be able to do no wrong. They're always highly praised for how much they're working on themselves, while my boyfriend seemingly can't do anything right. Anytime he makes a suggestion at work, they ignore him. We've repeatedly been forgotten in dinner plans, and one time they moved a dinner reservation and completely forgot to tell us. Yeah. If he calls them out, they react like he's crazy and reading into things. Mm-hmm. After years of working with them, they finally gave him a percentage of their business as it's his dream to take it over when they retire, but they conveniently forgot to tell any of their employees or even their office manager. They found when he referred him they found out when he referred to himself as the VP and called his parents angry. His dad actually asked him to drop the title to smooth things over. He will get so hurt and ask me why they don't care about him when he is doing really well in life. He ends up not wanting to see them and says he will start looking for another job. I would start looking for other parents. <laughs> it breaks my heart because confronting and explaining our point of view to them does nothing. They may say sorry in the moment, but then go back to acting like they always do. His mom has expressed that she hates when he mentions his tenants or when he talks about his parents' lake house as she sees that as bragging. Mm. The most recent time was this past Father's Day when we came over to provide and cook dinner for them. He talked to them upstairs and cried and they didn't get it. I was cordial and polite, but not warm as I was supporting my man. His mom actually called me cold. She hasn't seen cold, BTW. I want to say something, but was raised to always have manners and be respectful. Is there something I can do or say to them to break the cycle? Should he get another job? Should we just become freeloaders like his siblings? Please help. Also, not sure if it matters, but his mom is Jewish, blood, not religious, and his dad is not. Um, I don't know if that matters. Um, I also, what if my advice was, yeah, become freeloaders. I think what this comes down to is they know he's self-sufficient and doesn't need them in the way that the incarcerated brother and the sister need them. So the bar is set at a different place. Like they know he's solid and, you know, however they interpret the fact that he's self-sufficient, whether it's that he doesn't need them or like he's fine, you know, he doesn't require as much coddling. Now that's their flaw as parents that they're not like equally, you know, but they have shown him love. Like they have financial, some people's love language is money, you know? And so it's tough that he's like opened his heart and they're not getting it, but they probably see him as more of an adult than they do these other two loser kids. And he hasn't created an, uh, he, he hasn't created an expectation in the way they have, like they need stuff from him and he's always done the right thing. So they expect that from him. I think he should look for other work. If they can't respect him that. in the company. But wait, the, the VP thing, you know, that's them not wanting people to get upset that they've showed him preferential treatment, even though they have. Um, and, want, and I understand wanting to smooth things over, but this is about wanting to be appreciated and self-worth and maybe, maybe leaving just for him. Like, it's a good thing to be, like your parents have already paid for your life and you want to take over the business. And if he's made his intentions clear and they still make him feel bad, maybe that isn't your path. You know? Yeah. The fact that like, may, I mean, and, and I'm assuming that he's at least a competent worker. Let's work off of that. Yeah, let's, the let's idea that he's, he's a good, good. worker. Um, that he would be groomed to take over the company when they leave, but they won't give him that like respect now is just so. Because they probably see you dismissive. as their son. And it's weird because they're doing that, but then they tend to ignore him for other things. Like they don't coddle him in other ways. So you know, I think it's comes down to his self-worth as a man. I want to take over this company. I love my family. I love this, but I feel 
like I'm kind of treated like an outsider. That being said, a lot of kids feel that way. I would check in with the sister and see how she feels. Maybe the sister doesn't love her treatment either. I, I, I also don't, how are you not getting the invites? Like, why are they not inviting? That's not forgetting. That's purposeful. What's going on there? Something's weird. And I really would look at that. Did it happen once? Was there actually miscommunication? That's really harsh for a parent to leave out a kid. There's also the version where like, oh, well, he makes the other kids feel bad about themselves, you know? Which is, he should still be included. But. Yeah, but the fact that they're like, you're crazy, like really take a look at that. Like, was there miscommunication or did they just straight up not invite you and did it happen more than twice? Yeah. Like really look at these things because he seems very hurt. Um, And so maybe from a very calm, rational place, be like, here's how I see it. But that's, it's so like there's a lot of blocks in communication. But I do think you, he set rightfully so a standard of like hey i'm responsible i operate like i'm i'm the responsible one mm-hmm. i think they just expect less from their other kids and so maybe it was like oh we've got to go out of our way to make sure that we're catering to these other two fucking idiots oh, we forgot to invite so and so i just assumed he knew mm-hmm. you know i think i get that too when you there is no reward in this life given for consistency <laughs> i also wonder if you know, it sounds like when he has the conversations, he becomes very emotional, rightly so. That's every conversation I have. But, and he starts crying. I wonder if maybe if he wrote something down to give to them, it would go a little better, like lay out like why he feels this way yeah, so like, they don't just go, okay, all right, you're crying. Like, let's cool it. Yeah, or like, was it just about the dinner and then it got away from him? Or, you know, I understand maybe the dad not wanting him to be treated differently than other employees. I think these are all separate things. So be very clear. Like, I want to take over the business and I want this respect now. That being said, maybe he doesn't deserve it. Like, maybe he is like a little pisser of a son. And what if he is a brat? Like, I don't know. Right. But if he's being given the job of VP and he is doing the work of VP and it is un- yes. the understanding that he's the VP, there's no reason why that shouldn't be his Because name. the new employees coming in will see him as such. Yeah. And as the dad, you should be okay with all that. So, yeah. Yeah, there's something weird going on. Yeah. Hey, Liz and Emily. Thank you for this fantastic podcast. I am a 30-year-old woman. I've been married for nine years and don't want kids, probably. A year ago, I got pregnant with an IUD in, and it was ectopic, meaning it was in my fallopian tube. And it could have died if it wasn't removed. I posted this on my Facebook after the whole thing was done because I didn't want this to be a secret I kept. your first mistake. I also feel it's important for women to talk about these things. Anyway, since then, it seems people tiptoe around me and it's infuriating. I just don't feel like people are honest with me. I know I got a little depressed and anxious after the whole thing, but I'm through it now and people are still just being careful around me. What can I do to make people stop walking on eggshells? Thanks again. Love your comedy. I don't know. I guess it depends on what they're saying to you and what you're saying. You know, is it you're out for coffee and someone sees a baby and they're like, what baby? I don't see a baby. (laughs) Again, you teach people how to treat you. I'm all people, I said, miscarriage people are always like, oh my God. I'm like, I'm fine. Like it happens a lot. Like you, it's on you to normalize it and show people that you're okay. Say tiptoeing. I'm sure it's like a comment from someone, but you can say to them like, hey, by the way, I'm totally fine. Like if you're pregnant, I'm happy for you. If something happens, like I'm here as a resource, you handle it like it's not a big deal and people will start to follow suit. Yeah. But they're doing the, they're trying to be kind to you. Um, But yeah, that's it. These are probably people that you don't really talk to a lot and it's just like on Facebook. So just, you got to let them know you're cool with it. Yeah. That's it. You got to be okay with it deep down before other people can be okay with it. Right. I mean, if your post was really- Yeah, what was your post? Alarming, you know, people are worried about you. I think it comes from a place of, but if you just are like, hey, look, I'm fine. Like you have to 
show them because they're going based off of what you yourself wrote and posted. Make it, exactly. And I don't know what you wrote. You can make another post that's like, just want to let everyone know everyone's been so kind to me. I am totally fine. You know, like you you could write, if, if you mainly communicate through Facebook, you can be like, I'm doing great. I feel fine. I don't want anyone to be nervous. I think as women, we should talk about these things. Always here for love and support. Feeling great. See you guys soon, you know? Mm-hmm. And you can even say that when you talk to people, but that's just them trying to show you deference. Yeah. Hi, Liza and Emily. I just finished listening to all of Ask Liza Anything and can't wait for more insightful episodes. I'm writing in today for some insight on a life event that's happening. For starters, because I know you always ask, I'm NB, but AFAB. Okay, come on. Assigned female at birth. Okay. So non-binary. But like, how am I supposed to know that? I'm telling you. Okay, I'm just saying. And about to turn 22. Okay. Hopefully that helps you answer my question. I think one of the main things I've taken from your podcast is how you always say it's only a matter of time before he hits her. It's a sad reality, but one many people, myself included, face. In the last year, I met a man who I thought was a good match for me, but turned out to not be at all. I broke up with him months ago, but agreed to stay friends because he wanted to, and Mm -hmm. I thought he could handle it. He could not. In that time, we agreed to continue being roommates and move into a new house with two other people. But before I signed the lease, we ended up having a huge fight where he ended up telling me I'm selfish, manipulative, and a terrible friend slash person. That's when your words hit me. It was only a matter of time. I quickly panicked and called a friend asking if they by chance needed a roommate and agreed that I could move in. My ex was furious and the conversation we had about it did not go well. What I thought was going to be me telling him and then sending a message to the other people in the house that I couldn't move in, I know it's a shitty move to dip so suddenly without a lot of notice, has turned into them all wanting me to go to their house and tell them exactly why I don't want to move in. And I'm assuming they want me to to tell me how shitty that is and try to convince me to stay. I can't tell them the real reason why yes, I don't can. want to continue with the plan of moving in, but I'm not sure what to say. I feel yes, like I'm can. stuck between a rock and a hard place and I need some advice. Thank you so much. No, you're not. The only rock and the hard place is in your mind. You don't want to move in because you don't feel comfortable with someone who has so much anger towards you. We are not dating. We did date. Let's say the guy was even a cool guy. It's fucking weird to move in with your ex-boyfriend, but be friends, okay? It rarely works. That's it. You don't owe anyone an explanation. And quite frankly, if he wants to make that, he's probably like on their side, like, yeah, she owes us. He's trying to keep you close to him. It's manipulative. It's weird. And hopefully there's some other women in the house or actually men that would be your allies in understanding it. And you can have a sidebar with them, be like, he has been verbally abusive. He makes me uncomfortable and I don't want to live with him. End of story. That's it. Plus you're already living with someone else, right? She already moved uh, in? She found someone, Yeah. You don't owe these people anything. They will get over it. They may have no idea too. And he's going to call you crazy and he's going to say you're overreacting. But like, think about it this way. Like why, who wants you as a roommate this badly? It's fucking weird. Yeah, it's very controlling. The lady doth protest too much. And even though in this case, he is not non-binary, he is the lady. Yeah. Uh, I mean, look, you can apologize to the other people and- Tell them or not, say I'm not comfortable. You don't owe them. Like, yeah, okay, it happens. that you're leaving, but it you don't happens. Owe them you don't owe them. It's roommates. You, you haven't you, signed the lease yet. You're in your 20s. It's roommates. Nobody will care in five years. You haven't signed the lease yet. They can find someone else. And if mm-hmm. you want to get real about it and they want to be dicks, which they probably don't know the whole story, be like, he's verbally abusive and it's unco- I don't want to live with my ex boyfriend. Yeah. That's it. Duh. You don't owe anyone any- anything. You're non binary. So take the good parts from being a man and just be like, I don't owe you shit. Kaplow. 
Anonymous, Eliza, I'm gambling on feeling like you already have an answer to this question. If you could model your physique or muscle definition off of one animal, what animal would that be? I think I'd be into an elk slash large deer body. You're sleek and fast, but still strong enough to chain to charge on a mofo if you need to. I guess I always thought of myself as like a squirrel anyway, because like they have like strong thighs. They're very cute and they're very fast. But every animal has its drawbacks. You know, like a whale is this big thing, but then you're stuck in the water. An octopus is pretty smart. I probably pick them just because they have the smartest brain. Mm. And they can regenerate limbs, mm-hmm. as we all saw from my octopus teacher. Um, so maybe that, but if I had to pick a mammal, they all have like little arms. Hmm. Koala's cute, but they smell and they have STDs and they are slow. Maybe like a German Shepherd. Because mm-hmm. they kind of still have short back legs, but they're very, very fast, very athletic, mm-hmm. very beloved. Yeah. This is also not binding. No. It's also non-binary. This is not. You're not forced. Yeah. Snakes are cool. No, no arms. Snakes' bodies are cool. Snake body supreme. Kick it. Talk with a cop. It's a talk with a cop. We're doing it right every day. You just take a bite. Top of the cob. Well, folks. Do you want to start with bottom? Yep. Nope. I need to do the top first. Otherwise, it won't make sense. Okay. My top of the cob is. This is weird. I feel like I don't. Like, I weirdly like don't want to share it. I know. Even but though it, it was on be out by now. the internet. I'm going to have a baby. Mm-hmm. And I've thought about this day that I get to share this with my fans, who some of whom have been with me since I was like 23. Um, I'm going to have a baby. And we're about 17, 18 weeks. I'm pretty bad with that stuff counting. But along when this comes out. Um, what? I feel like further than that or no. no. Um, okay. And a mother knows. And, okay. uh, you know, you guys were with me. I had a little slip up miscarriage uh, last year and it hasn't been as arduous a journey as it is for many women, but it's been my own journey. And it's a real, it's really cool to be able to bond with women in this new way and sort of step into this role. And, you know, we were very cautious about it and we didn't say anything because I'm old so we can't have babies. But um, yeah, moving along, healthy heartbeat, everything's good and uh, should be here in January. And so that is why we had to move a chunk of these dates recently. Some of them, some are still COVID. A lot of these are COVID and the ones that had been moved multiple times were due to COVID, which yeah. I have nothing to do with. Yes. Um, But this recent, we had to move a couple, anything that was booked for- uh, like December, January, February was moved because I will be having a baby and then yeah. I need like just a month to get to know that kid. So, you know, part of me was like, people were getting so mad. I'm like, wait till you find out the reason, you assholes. But here is, this is why. This yes. is probably the only time in my career I've ever like stopped down to be like, well, physically, I probably won't be able to be there. So that's why we had to move those dates, but we got them rescheduled almost immediately mm-hmm. for- like March, April. So we'll be right back at it. I just, you know, need to be on my back for a little bit uh-huh. <laughs> to have a child. But I'm going to have a baby. And it's a girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a baby girl. And I feel like you already have a weird name idea. Whatever. Don't tarnish her light. It's not weird. It's going to be a dope name. Anyways, here she comes. That's my top of the cob. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm not going to beat that. Yeah. My- Terry Hatcher was in a yogurt <laughs> commercial. Um, 
No, I will say my top of the cob is I commissioned some art from a friend. And then they also sent me this tasteless sticker just without telling me. And it's like this gorgeous like vinyl um, sparkly. And I was so excited. I was like more excited than for the thing I actually purchased. It's beautiful. Is it all the way around or is it just? No, it's just this. It's my logo and they just made it. No, I don't want to. I don't want to. Oh. <laughs> I put a sticker of Blanche you on her. Because I noticed sticker. our bottles are identical, but they were sitting next to each other. So I put a sticker of my face on mine. Uh, you, and I didn't press it hard so you can take it off if it bothers you. I just didn't want us to switch bottles because of COVID. My, right. Um, that's very funny. That is my top of the cop is a nice, a nice big, a nice big sticker. You know what? To each their own. I don't want to what, do a bottom of what the if I? What if I use this chance to be like, actually, I'm pregnant. My baby's coming a week before yours. I'd be How over the psycho with that. Like, be? I've never heard you talk about children or men or women or anything. So how did this happen? If I single white female, like, oh, just like just right before you gave birth, it was like, look at my baby and took your baby's I'm name. Like, and yeah, like, you're naming your baby Xantham Gum also. Xantham Gum uh, Schlesinger. Oh God. Schlesinger. <laughs> Schlesinger Galutin. That's just a real <laughs> fuck you to everyone. That'll just be my the baby's Ooh. first name and last name. Schlesinger Galutin. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do a bottom of the cob. Okay. <laughs> the God's honest truth is my bottom of the cob um, because I had a missed miscarriage, which means I the baby died and I didn't know. My body held on to it. Yeah. So I remember going in for that checkup last year and the doctor was like, I don't hear a heartbeat but I had heard the heartbeat a couple weeks before. So that's the kind of thing, of course, you know, everything's going to be okay, but it sticks with you. So every time we go, I like hold my breath for a second. I'm like, oh my God, I hope that heartbeat's there. So that's the thing that I always think about. Like, is that heartbeat going to be there? Because my body lied to me once before. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that's But if so there's no stressful. baby, why am I so farty? Aha. Kashi. Kashi. Do you need to introduce the baby to Kashi very young so that it builds up a tolerance? They never need to meet. <laughs> There's no reason to meet. I went almost 37 years without meeting Kashi. Mm. So I think we're okay. My bottom of the cob is I am so careful with my belongings. And I think I've lost my AirPod Pros for the first time in my life. Their last known location is a street where I parked my car, where I don't usually park. They're not in my car. I'm devastated because I truly- Definitely in your car. They're not. I just looked. That you dropped them on the floor and the garbage queen that lives in there was like, I took out my my purse and their last known location, you know, usually whenever you look, it's always like your house. It's like your house or my house. And Listen to me. There's a rat in your trunk and her crown jewel is your AirPod Pros. I think they're gone and I'm so, I truly have never lost an electronic. I've never broken a phone. So to have like what, like $250 down the drain. It's so expensive. It's, I've had to- I've had to do that. Like, just take the L and just right. buy a pair. Where I'm just like, and it's that thing of like, when I couldn't find them because it was Saturday night and when I, and I parked in a different spot and if I, I hadn't, it. and you then hadn't done Sunday, it. if I had, I was All like, right. I don't know where they are and I should have looked for them then. Here's so what I'm going to do for I'm you. I'm upset. Here's I really do today. for you. Look me in the eye. Here's what I'm going to do for you. On my last American Airlines flight, they gave me a really janky pair of cheap headphones and I loaned them out to the guy next to me but I'm willing to give those to you to go for $100. <laughs> oh, steal. By the way, that's my bottom of the cob. Handing out these janky airline headphones. Everyone owns headphones. 
at this point, yeah, I remember Stop. as a kid, it would be like exciting because I'd get those little, you know, it was those little like over there, like soft ones, How those much little discs. Uranium is being pulled out of the earth to make the wires for these headphones. It's enough. Yeah. Stop making garbage. People have headphones. Or leave AirPods. Or you have the money to buy AirPods, you can buy a pair of fucking headphones. Yeah. Anyway, I'm going to have a baby. See you guys soon. Bye.